All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We got Kalen Jones, NFL writer for The Ringer. Kalen, has everything going for you? NFL's getting there. Interesting week so far. Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty well. No, the NFL's hanging in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, so, hanging in there. Yeah, so I have a question. So the biggest storyline of the day in the NFL right now, I don't see it in either way. The Washington football team signed Robert Foster off the pra- of the Packers practice squad. Why are I'm not seeing enough headlines? I couldn't even tell you what position Robert Foster. Wide receiver, come on, Alabama. He was on the Bills. He was on the Bills a couple years ago. Remember, they were like, "Oh, he got cut and he came back." And he said, "He said I needed to get cut. Maybe he needed to end up in DC. He's the only deep threat we have." (laughs) Yeah, something. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what what, for the real storyline? So Yannick and Doc. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Yannick and Gakwe. I'm going to go with that. Um, Just he's (laughs) on his way to Baltimore. What do do you like the move? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we talked about this, you know, with, you know, the Chiefs just, you know, last week with adding Le'Veon Bell. And really, when you look through, you know, the past decade or two, you know, the two teams that have done the best as far as like team building, you look at Baltimore and New England, you know, really Baltimore is really right up there. They were able to win a championship literally with Joe Flacco quarterback. They remain in contention over the past, you know, literally 15, 20 years yeah. because of the, the way that, you know, their front office has been able to manage everything. Eric Acosta, you know, is a beloved player personnel director. Uh, I'm not shocked that they were able to somehow finesse this deal after, you know, last year getting what Mar- Marcus Peters on a cheap deal. Maybe Clay, Clay's Campbell, who's literally rejoined they, with. They traded Dallas. the guy, the kicker who got beat up. I don't remember. I don't know if you ever saw that story. The, the guy, yeah, yeah, Vedvik. Yeah. Vedvik yep, was Vedvik, like, yep. he got, got I think some- he got like jumped in Baltimore yep. and was like on life support and they got a fourth round pick for him. Yeah, and he's just and bouncing he, around I mean, the league. After that. I think he's fine now. Yep. Thank God he's fine now. But yeah. like, they're yeah. wizards. I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we can't even they're get a first round pick for Trent Williams. For Trent Williams. <laughs> so, it, you know, the best remain the best for a reason, man. It's all in front. I know. Of, you know what they I know. Do. So, I don't think they needed an upgrade to their defensive line. Did you? No, but that's the thing. You kind of, you know. You, you double down on positions where you have depth. You know, they added Derek Wolf this offseason to, you know, play off that edge along, again, like opposite of Clay's Campbell. So, I mean, if you double up on defensive line, it just gives you so much more versatility with what you can do because Campbell's big enough to where you can shift inside, play a three-tech down. And then on if you have Ngakwe literally playing on the outside, like opposite of Derek Wolf or flipping however you want, it just gives you so much versatility, especially in a, a not a conference, but a division, where you have the Pittsburgh off the line is pretty good. It's decent. And then Cleveland, when they play up the par, we didn't see it last week. When they play up the par, they're pretty good too. So just gives you depth going up against like teams that you've been playing specifically and just moving forward too. Got to go up against Patrick Mahomes. You, get, you need guys who can go and chase him around. Do you think this signals the end of Judon's time in Baltimore? Um, I think so. You know, I, I don't – I'm trying to think of what his contract situation is. I think he's on the tag. Not on the top of my end. Yeah. I think that – yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's literally on – you know, towards the end of his deal. I think it depends on, you know, what happens, you know, with Ngakwe stepping in and whether Judon shows up or not. I mean, because this so far this season, he's not played at the same level that we're accustomed to, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Plus, he's a home chicken. I know he went to Maryland. I think he's from the area. So that may be played into <laughs> it. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Perhaps. Yeah, and then so flipping over to the Raiders. So they just rescheduled the game. I think it was slated for Sunday Night Football. They moved it to one because the entire Ooh. Raiders offensive line – not really listening. So apparently they're not really wearing their masks. Apparently they're all on COVID protocol. And Jonathan Abram, the Salmon guy from Hard Knocks, who's 
I'm surprised he never got hurt when he ran into that thing on the what was it Monday night game? The Monday night game. Yeah, he, that's the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how is this guy? He's I'm, I'm like, everybody's shocked and just jumps up. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. I'm like, what the hell's going on with this guy? But apparently they're all in doubt. Apparently, I think they saw that they tested them. They put it, they kind of put them all in the protocol on Monday or what is he Monday? So I guess they said they have until Sunday to if they all test negative on Sunday, they can play. But if not, I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what they'll end up doing either because, you know, they're, they're off the line. They have not had depth off the line. Their starting units one of the best in the league, but they just have not had depth there, and it's been apparent over the past few years. So, yeah. Do you like that they moved the Seahawks-Cardinals game to Sunday Night Football? I don't know why they – they always say, like, oh, we can only flex the games after week eight. That's BS. I'm sorry. Yeah. They can, they can I, do it anytime. I don't know why we were watching San Fran and the Rams on Sunday night. Put a better game on. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, that, at least that's a divisional matchup, you know? That's yeah. the thing. Like, that 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 had some type of rivalry factor there. And, you know, rivalry games tend to be weird. And, you know, I, I know Michael Sean DeGar from The Athletic, he was tweeting everything that has happened on Sunday night, you know, for Seattle in that stadium when they've played them before. And, I mean, it's probably going to be interesting. You know, there's going to be some weird ending to it, as we've seen in you know a, a few of the, the Seahawks games so far this year. The yeah. Packers, or not the Packers game, forgive me, the Patriots and Vikings yeah, yeah. contest. So those are fun. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting because the Seahawks. I don't know if um, Jamal Adams is going to play, but their secondary hasn't been able to contain anybody. I think they're giving up the most passing yards of any team in the NFL right now, and I don't think it's close. But it's it's going to be interesting. And then what was the other thing I saw today? Drawing a blank. So there was a there's a Robert Foster that was the big news. Um, oh yeah, okay. So we got Dallas and Washington on Sunday. Do you think? Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. All right. Does Dallas still have a realistic shot at winning the division? Because I, I don't feel I, they're all horrible, but I think Philly is the best horrible of all of them. Um. I mean, they definitely have a shot. I mean, it's it's wide open. I think, like you said, Philly's probably the best team out of the NFC East. But, you know, if Dalton can just play at a competent level, their offense shouldn't be horrendous. They have enough talent on the outside. They have enough playmakers. If Zeke Elliott, you know, cuts down the fumbling problems, you know, their running game will probably be not significantly better. But, again, putting yourself in, you know, awful, awful positions early on in the game where you're setting up offenses with short porches, just not not great you know and I do think I do think that Dallas does have a chance so their defense I don't know if it'll get much better throughout the course of the year I think that it's going to continue to suck for lack of a better word um (laughs) but you know if their offense can you know mitigate some of that because that's what Dak Prescott was able to do yeah mitigate some of that by producing so much yeah and I know as we're approaching the trade deadline there's been some we already saw Ngakwe move earlier in the year we saw Adams move who are like the top three guys that you expect, big name guys that you expect to be on the move by the time the deadline's passed? Ooh, that is a good question. You know, I, I was watching, I was reading earlier, forgive me, not watching, but I was reading about how Zach Ertz might have been on the trade block had it not been for his injury. You know, that would have been really interesting to see. Um, I'm trying to think of some big names that might end up moving. You know, you'll see guys who are on, you know, their the end of their de- of their contracts and then honestly like aj green to me is like the most interesting guy to watch just because you know he's been in cincinnati his entire career i'd like to see him play for a winner just so you know he gets something out of his time in the nfl outside of money he's made um, the playoffs that's it 
Yeah. He has. He has. It would have been nice if the Bears, you know, were in a position to unload Allen Robinson, but they're not. He's kind of trapped there. And then Atlanta, too. It'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does because, again, you have Matt Ryan on a big contract. You have Julio Jones on a big contract. At this point, you're not winning this year. You have, you're have you going to have a new regime coming in next offseason. So it'll be interesting to see if they maneuver anybody before, you know, this trade deadline comes around because they really should be giving apart. So they don't want to be that close to, you know, uh, the cap – uh, cap space. I know that their their owner doesn't really care about you know paying over and everything else, but Tack McKinley, you know, other guys who are on that roster would be really interesting to see because they, they got a lot of talented guys. They just have not been winning games. Do you see any guys like one of the guys that kind of what about like a Stafford if they can continue to lose? Do you think they could see him on the move and then them kind of looking in a new direction or do you think any? Oh any- my gosh. I wish I, I love watching Matt Stafford play football, so I wish. Um, but I, I don't see him going anywhere. It'd be nice if the Cowboys could do something to swing that. Um, Tell but, you me, know, Cowboys get Jameis, the most entertaining quarterback to watch in the National Football League, but he's got LASIK now, so we, we, it might be even more exciting. Exactly. Is, see, <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think? I know they also. I saw because they said that after the bye, Tua is going to be starting in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick apparently was not happy. Do you see him on the move? Or do you think he stays? I hope he gets moved because, you know, he's 37 years old. He's on the final year of his deal. You know, everyone immediately when he did get benched, you know, the logical choice for everybody was like, hey, Dallas should go after him. And it makes a lot of sense, right? I actually pitched, you know, the Jameis Winston, the, the Dallas idea too, because you don't have to hit your wagon necessarily the Winston. You can just use him for the year. And it maximizes, I feel like, the weapons that you have. Don't get me wrong. Like Fitzpatrick is, you know, he, he can he's capable of playing at a really yeah. high level. His lows are not Jameis Winston level, but I think that if you were going to choose between the two, I'd still rather have Jameis. But if the Cowboys were able to swing something to get Brian Fitzpatrick on their books, he got $8 million deal, the Cowboys have enough cap space for it. You know, I, I'd love to see it because I think it deserves us, you know, to keep playing. I just, I understand why they would go to two at this point at the same time. Though. The thing is, if Dallas gets Jameis, the Jameis will elevate everybody, including the opposing defense. So, and they have so many primetime games already. So he can get them all the way up there and then keep putting the other team back in the game. So we have entertaining fourth quarters, just so it's not just like them. Okay, they're going to run the ball on third down and they're going to keep going just to make it look pretty. Jameis, mm-hmm. they already have, I don't know why they, they need to, I don't know, they, stop putting the Giants on national television. This needs to end. On tonight, I don't know why. It's I, I don't know what the hell you're gonna watch. I think we're I'm very curious to see how people watch the World Series than Thursday night football game tonight. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I get it though, you know. it's luckily you are going up against the World Series. I mean, it it's at this time of year where no one is really caring about either of these two squads except for the fan bases, but simultaneously this has playoff implications. Like, that's the other thing, too. This is kind of monumental in the grand scheme of the playoff setup, even if these two teams are not good. So, yeah, what, what's your kind of like under your, your the game you're most looking forward to this week that people aren't talking about? Oh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. I mean, I guess people are kind of talking about it, yeah, but neither of them's lost. It should so. be, yeah, I mean, it should be talked about <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. Those, those are the best. I mean, it's the best match of the week. Like you just mentioned, they're both undefeated teams, but it'll tell a lot, I think more about i mean really honestly we won equal amount about both teams because pittsburgh hasn't really played anyone yet and we've already known that they were a really talented team this is the first competitively good team i think that they'll be going up against and then same with tennessee granted you know they outlasted houston last week and you know ryan hanhill has looked the part but i'd like to see him go up against this you know epic 
blitzburg pass rush and then at the same time see if you know having derrick henry is enough to you know kind of beat tennessee or excuse me to beat pittsburgh so i'm really looking forward to that one to see how that matchup kind of works i got a hot take receiver that i think could be on the block but it's probably not gonna get traded okay who's that juju oh wow that would be interesting they got what they got three second rounders already in the receiving core that were drafted um mm-hmm. more recently he's probably coming up on a big contract they don't use him in the offense at all they've shown what they can do with claypool and deontay johnson and james uh, james washington is that a guy like what what do you think it would take for them to loot to, to to part with with uh juju it would take a lot man because i mean he's only what 20 he's 22 or 23 years old i forget how young he is he's been is in the it, league for so long at this point is he, um, is he he's coming up on his fifth year isn't he He's got to be. He came into the league at twenty years they're, old. They're not. Right? They're not so, going to. They're not going to tag him. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they did because I, I'm trying to think who else on their offense will they tag. You got to pay that defense at some point. Like they're going to have to pay all, everybody. Pay Minka, the they haven't paid Watt yet. They paid so okay. Well, and also yeah. Bush. So, maybe maybe they look yeah. for some help with the inside linebacker because Bush is out for the year. But that that's a name. Are you are you are you keying into any of this stuff with Michael Thomas and with the Saints? Does it look like? anything it looks like they might be heading for a divorce because i know they got into an altercation and then with the coaching staff and he's been continually put on uh, not practicing do you play anything you see anything with that or do you think that's going to be resolved i think it's overblown you know this is I, I won't i don't i don't know michael thomas personally i'm sure that you know he feels he understands he seems like a person who understands how talented he is and look at the saints have not played one without him at the level that they should be paying or playing at at least that everyone expected. And then two, I would be frustrated too. You know, if you're not getting exact, if you're not being valued the way that you feel valued, I don't know what's going on in the inside, but I could potentially see why he's, you know, feeling the way that he is or expressing himself the way that he feels he needs to express himself. Um, that being said, I would, I would be shocked, you know, if New Orleans didn't dish out the money for him. Or excuse me, they already paid him. They already paid him. That's what I'm saying. They already paid him. Sorry, I was thinking Taysom Hill. I'm like, wow, they paid Taysom Hill. They paid him too. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. So they paid everybody. They got their core, I guess, locked down as far as skill players. But I'd be very shocked if they like separated from him, you know, this early into the into the contract because it just wouldn't make sense unless you got a massive haul for him. What do you think a massive haul is like? Two firsts, at least. You know, at least two firsts, maybe three, and then what a second future second a future third or a future fourth somewhere in there because he, he's literally one of the top receivers at his position he's only 26 27 years long it might be even saying that he's older than what he actually is he got drafted so, behind Doxon. they took washington took Doxon over him where's he now i think he's in the peace corps Something he like was that. good he was good in college i i understand in college yeah that yeah, I don't know if he was a first round pick, but yeah, <laughs> phenomenal college football player. I remember the one play. I don't remember. If you remember it was the Monday night game against the Chiefs, and he dropped that big touchdown pass. I think it was when the Alex Smiths last year of the Chiefs when they're five and zero. He dropped a big mm-hmm. touchdown pass from there. I'm like, he's done. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Outside of the Seahawks, where do you realistically see Antonio Brown um, signing? I thought it was going to be Baltimore. That, that that's the thing. Like I was, I was so shocked about the Des Bryant stuff on Thursday morning. Like it. it surprised me because I thought they would be one of the teams that was in on Antonio Brown. Um, I'm not sure where else he could really fit, though. I mean, not not that he couldn't fit. You know, any team can make, you know, room for a, dyna- a dynamic player of his, you know, level, of his caliber. But at the same time, you know, I think that when 
I, I'm not one who puts too much stock into the whole, are they a toxic part of the locker room unless like it's in the middle of something like where you ask Ryan like, Clark, have... ask Ryan Clark. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. But I mean, like I'm going to assume one that Seattle's prepared to take on whatever baggage that he's bringing with him. You know, I, I don't think and in the past we've seen it too. You know, we saw them with Percy Harvin. They're willing to add him. Um, granted all of his bag and then there, there's been other instances on Blake Josh, Josh, uh, I feel Josh like Gordon last Josh year. Gordon yes thank you thank you and that's what I'm saying like this is a team that's willing to kind of you know accept people as they are which it's kind of a lesson for life but accept the human being for who they are um, granted I, I think he'd be a great fit potentially but the question is whether or not he met, messes up the chemistry that's already there when you talk about Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf Greg Olson like what that unit has been able to do, even or David Moore is their number three. You know, Russell Wilson has been playing at an elite level. I don't know whether or not, you know, adding Antonio Brown affects how he's performing. I think it can only help, especially if you're using him only in spurts. Um, I would wait, you know, like there's to no, criticize. I can't, I can't see him only. That's the thing. I can't see them. I, I feel like, I feel like Antonio Brown's entrance to Seattle sparks the exit for Tyler Lockett because he's cheaper, he's older, and they've already seen what they can get from Metcalf. Yeah, nope, exactly. That's the thing. Like, it, it just wouldn't make too much sense, but. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, I have a question. Which one-win team out of the following do you have, think is the most realistic shot of making the postseason? Houston, Minnesota, or the Chargers? Realistic. I would say Houston because they have the best quarterback out of those three. And they play, you know, in a relatively easier division. Um, Houston – I mean, Tennessee is on the feeder right now, but, you know, they just proved that they can play at their level just last week. Had they just kicked an extra point? I was all for the two-point conversion, but had they just I'm good. I have A.J. Brown in fantasy. I'm all, I'm all yeah. good. <laughs> you got an extra touchdown on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Houston, I, I, th- I, I predict, you know, coming into the year that Deshaun Watson would play at an MVP caliber level. And I feel like, you know, his play has gone pretty underrated because of their record. He's played pretty well, yeah. you know. He hasn't played horribly, maybe not MVP – type season but he's he's not too far off um but that being said you know I, I think had Houston you know had a little bit more weapons maybe they had a DeAndre Hopkins I feel like the season would be a little bit different for them because of the level that Watson's playing at why, why have DeAndre Hopkins but you can get David Johnson and give up picks um do you see Haskins getting traded by the deadline I would like that I would like that you know and I meant to make this comp yesterday on, on our ringer show um here his trajectory you know i won't say you know it's the same exact path as a tyrod taylor but it's not too far off because look at or you know t- taylor i see him as more of a right? mallet than a ryan mallet than a tyrod taylor okay that's fair but li- this is where i'm getting like you could have someone who goes to an organization this is what kevin clark project like uh pitched during our, our trade deal show and he was saying what if you know the kansas city chiefs traded for, you know, Dwayne Haskins, had him, you know, in their system, kind of developed them. They go off and win a Super Bowl. Tyrod Taylor was in Baltimore for, what, four or five years sitting behind He was behind a seventh-rounder. Seventh-rounder. Yeah. yeah. And, but he ended up proving he was a starting-caliber quarterback, you know, enough to uh, – granted, you know, more of a bridge quarterback, but he was a starting-caliber quarterback. I could see Dwayne Haskins developing into a similar-level player, and that's why I was saying the trajectory could be a little bit similar – because if you have a Tyrod Taylor who's sitting there for four or five years, figuring everything out, getting used to acclimates to the league, learning how to be a professional, I think that the Wayne Haskins was kind of rushed into everything. 
I think that he was not in a position to succeed, especially considering it's Washington's franchise, no offense. But, you know, I, I feel like he could benefit from being in a better situation and then developing before, you know, more being asked of him to rescue a franchise. I think he's more of a, you know, mid-tier starter at best, maybe develop, like if he would develop down the line. And for right now, he just, he just doesn't have it. And he's not going to be able to rescue a team like Washington, especially when they're not going to give him opportunities, you know, when he's healthy. And so, yeah, I think it was crazy for them to knock him to third string. I don't think his play had been good at all. I also don't think the offensive line's that good. And outside of Terry McLaurin, they really don't have anybody he can go to. A lot of his exactly. plays were very predictable. He threw a lot of bad passes. I saw uh, PFF said one in five of his passes was interceptable, which is not good. Um, and, but I don't see the point of bringing Alex Smith on. It doesn't make any sense at all. You do not want, everybody cringes when you see him snap the ball. We don't need that. I'd rather have Haskins get sacked or throw a pick yeah. and see Alex Smith potentially lose his leg again. That's not happening. I think, plus, you're killing his trade value. You're trying to move him. You, nobody's seeing You can't evaluate a guy who's sitting on the bench. But it, it what do you think they get for him? Because no one's calling. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't give up anything more than a six-round pick, if that, you know. Like, personally. <laughs> I can see a team, you know, throwing Rosen got them a second a in Arizona. Yeah. But that's the thing, Ro- Rosen's potential. To- and that's my thing. That's my personal guy. I wasn't that high on Haskins coming in. I think that it was unfair that he went to that franchise and was expected to be, you know, the all-encompassing savior. He just was not that guy. Even at Ohio State, he wasn't that guy, you know? No. My my idea before they drafted him, when they were just going through the carousel, when then Alex Smith went down and then Colt McCoy went down and they brought in Sanchez, who I thought the era was beginning when he gave that handoff to AP and he took it to the house for Philly. And then that was the only game he played in. Then you bring in the guy who doesn't know anybody on the team, Josh Johnson. I, my idea, I think they could do the same thing. I was talking to um, Dick Vermeil the other day and their scouting yeah. department, of course, found Kurt Warner at a grocery store. I think we should, I'm, I'm looking at Harris Teeters across the country. So if we can find the next Kurt Warner, I, I I paused on it for a year to give Haskins a chance. I was very happy when they drafted him. I don't know. I'm going to get some baggers, see him launching some meatballs down the aisle. We can evaluate, kind of do a little combine. Any, any grocery store that watches this, we're interested, but I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't think he's the future in Washington. I don't think he's happy being the backup. I don't think he was happy to be relegated to third string. And with the Tyrod comp, Tyrod's been like overlooked they put a hit out on him in the Chargers. I don't care what they're saying. Th- that doesn't happen. I, yeah. I got an IV. I got an IV last year, and they almost missed. They don't puncture lungs like that. Sorry, um, Her- Herbert. Her- Herbert got the act of you guys to do that. They said, "Hey, you, you get me in the starting gig, I'll, I'll advertise your skin cream." Uh, I- for one, for one, I- there's so many billboards in LA that needs to happen. Come on, these oh, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you can't I'm throw surprised. to Keen, you can't throw to Keenan Allen with bumps all over here. But um, yeah, I yeah, feel it. no, I, yeah, I feel no, it. it's it's wild. It's wild. What's I've got one one last question for you. You have one bold prediction for the rest of this season. Ooh, I don't know if I have anything bold. Maybe it's that. Wow, let's say Tennessee gets the first round by in the AFC. even without Taylor Luan. Oh man, dang! I, I literally—that's the second time I've been told that today, and I keep forgetting that he's out for the year. But even then, man, I mean, look at—I'll say, okay, I'll bump it down the number two seed. How's that? Because the two seed—they don't—they don't rely too much on Tannehill to make things happen. 
I was looking it up today. He's running play action at the ninth highest rate. He's handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. They trust him. They have a lot of weapons on the outside and even over the middle in Janu Smith. And they trust that Michael Pruitt kid, who I'd never heard of until this year. Ferkser. So. Ferkser. Every I, the kid in my fantasy, like the first fantasy, the first, the first uh, claim for the waivers was Ferkser. I'm like, do you? So the defense is good too, man. That's the thing. It's rock solid. It's always going to be rock solid. Mike Brady back then. Do you do you Running think do you think Tua's entrance hurts or helps Miami's chances of winning that division? Oh, it helps. I think he's going to look good right off the bat. Maybe not week one, but it won't take long before we are like, yeah, Tua Tagovailoa is legit. And I was talking, you know, um, the Kamensky brothers the other day about it. Like, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. I think Tua was one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen play college football. And, you know, granted, don't get me wrong. A lot of those guys were getting wide open because he's thrown to a lot of first round picks. But that being said, the dude was putting the ball in the money. This isn't a situation where, you know, I'm trying to think of a decent comparison. I literally, like, let's say a Sam Darnold, where not every throw is pinpoint. You know, some guys have to reach a little bit. And it's just pinpoint. It just doesn't matter. It's just different color jerseys. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's first, first throw is a pick six of his career. First quarter, that, that's everybody. Everybody's selling on Darnold. Everybody, everybody's saying, okay, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I'm saying, why? He hasn't had anybody. His coach, yeah, I should, I coach. could coach I could coach that team better. And I don't know. I, and I'm not even good at Madden. So <laughs> I, I, I just do the autoplay. And a lot of times it doesn't work. So sometimes yeah, you got to, you got to, you got audible sometimes. But most of the time it does not work. I got killed. I got, I got picked off by the Griffin twin. That was one of my low moments. Oh my God. One handed, one handed. Yeah, Grab that. Yeah. He took it to the house too. Um. Yeah. No. So it's, I, I, do, for, all right, so last last question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, the, are the Jets taking Trevor Lawrence? Because I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked they would because, look, it's a new regime. It'll presumably, presumably you get a new regime. They'll have a new coach, have a new GM. They'll want their guy. And look, it. I, I don't know. I think Sam Darnold still has a chance of being decent. I mean, yeah. if Ryan Tannehill can get away from Adam Gase and then turn into an all-pro caliber quarterback, I definitely think Sam Darnold was possible because I thought he was a talented prospect. That being said, you know, I think that they'll want to move on, get their guy, and especially with Lawrence because it's such a sure thing. He's, you know, arguably been the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I don't even know if it's arguable at this point. Yeah, I think um, it's just, yeah. But he is. He is. So I, w- I would do the sure thing and draft him. So and where's Darnold Darnold go? Where does Darnold go? So that's the thing. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think, you know, Cleveland could potentially be a really interesting play because you bring a young guy, bring him in to compete with Baker. If he, if Baker is even still around after the season, um, San Francisco would be interesting too. You put him in there, bring him in to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that, you know, there's situations where I think Donald will have to go into where there's been a fringe starter and kind of, you know, make it clear, you know, kind of fight for his position, you know? What about Tampa or Minnesota? Ooh, Tampa would be interesting, especially because Brady, you know, was getting up there in age. That would be a really good backup job to have. And then even with Minnesota, they would have to move on from Cousins' contract. You know, they just gave him an extension to Sauce in this past Great, offseason. great decision. Great yeah, decision. great decision. It's yeah. turned out really well. <laughs> One playoff game in eight years. Um, yeah. No, right. it, we'll see. Yeah. It's a, are you are you concerned about Green Bay? You think they're still legit? Oh, I definitely think they're legit. I think that was just one-off game, you know. And Aaron Rodgers having off the off line was getting banged up. 
the receivers were not getting open against literally one of the best secondaries in the league. Um, or not one of the best, one most talented, I'll say that. And their front was just getting blown blown apart, you know, by what Todd Bowles was able to scheme up for Tampa Bay. So moving forward, I think Green Bay is going to be perfectly fine. It's just they face, you know, the kryptonite. We'll call it that. And I mean, that that was that's the best front seven in the NFL with a very ball hawking secondary. So I'm not sure. Tampa? You said Tampa is the best front seven? Or one of the best front seven. Ah, Excuse me. Yeah. Forget me. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did just lose Pittsburgh, Devin yeah. Bush. And, yeah, you know, don't get me fair. wrong, Chicago's up there too. But, but the Jets. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is the Jets. The Jets. Yeah. The Jets. Tampa yeah. Bay is in that discussion, though. Can you name two defensive linemen on the Jets right now? Besides Quinn and Williams. That's the only one I could think of. That was my one. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say Steve McClendon and I was going to say Leonard Williams. I was like, and then, oh, yeah. gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's all the questions I really had for you, man. Appreciate you taking the time. How, um, for people that want to follow you, uh, read some of your stuff. How can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kalen Jones or you can follow my work on the ringer.com. Cool, man. <laughs> and now Pearl Jam. Now I've been wanting to say that in the past 25. <laughs> do you, do you have that? Do you have, do you, do you listen to Pearl Jam? Is that like a, in the, is that How like the free, it's, it's like a ring. You remember, when, remember when iTunes, you gave everybody the free U2 songs the free that they, album, couldn't, they yep. couldn't get rid of is it ringer Pearl Jam. Is that a similar thing? Like, Hey, it's in the manual. Um, here's your, here's your, here's I have to check album. my Spotify. Yeah. Check, double check it. You might, you might have some three new songs unplayed, but yeah, but appreciate you taking time. It's been a lot of fun.
young and we got plenty of time And I've got nothing else but you on my mind We got plenty, plenty, plenty of time Yeah, we got plenty of time We got plenty of, plenty of, plenty of time Yeah Ooh, ooh, We got plenty of, plenty of, plenty of time Oh, we got plenty of time Oh, 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 oh Yeah, we got plenty of time